Jay Jinendra. Welcome to Adults Class 2, Practical Applications of Jainism. Let's start with the Nokar Mantra. Namo Arihantanam, Namo Siddhanam, Namo Ayariyanam, Namo Dujayanam, Namo Lue Sarasahunam, Eso Panchanamogaro, Sava Pava Panasano, Mangalavancha Savasing, Paramam Bhave Mangalav. There are a lot of times when a set of ideas get concentrated into a pithy phrase. But what tends to happen is that all anybody remembers is the phrase. And people forget that there are complex concepts that the phrase represents. So what do you think it means when people say, live in the present moment? That is, aren't we all living in the present moment? Mentally. Right. You know, like, enjoy the current. Not think of the past or future as much. Right. Because what happens when you think of the past or the future? Nostalgia, I guess, or... Your expectations go high. Mm -hmm. You get sad or... Right. And, hey, come on in. Worry. And you worry, right? Generally, I don't want to... Right. And so, so we're not living in the present moment when we think about the past or the future. When else are we not living in the present moment? How about this? When are we living in the present moment? When's the last time you were living in the present moment? We've all experienced it, right? At work, it's sometimes called a flow state where you're being really productive and the time is flying mm -hmm. by and you forget about lunch, you're not even hungry anymore and you're just working on the task at hand, right? And if you play sports, um, they call it being in the zone in sports. Hey, come on in. That is, you don't feel the barrier between your mind and your body. It's not your mind telling your body to do things anymore. You just want to do that thing and you do it, right? They call it being in the zone in sports. Well, that's living in the present moment. When was the last time you lived in the present moment? Hey, come on in. Yeah, we're trying something new today. We're going to leave that open. That way people can come in. When was the last time you lived in the present moment? Are you living in the present moment right now? All of you look distracted. <laughs> For example, the incarnation you're doing job tomorrow. So there you're, you have to focus on what you're doing at, at the task at hand to keep track of it. So I think to live in the present moment, you really have to be intentional because success in life otherwise, like um, in terms of worldly success, is always defined by like, look, you're trying to plan ahead. You need to think ahead. I mean, you know, at work, that's all the focus is like, you need to be thinking steps ahead. So I think like, you have to be very intentional to live in them. Right. So actually agree with her that in our life, even our kids, we teach the same things. Think about ahead, you know, learn the lesson from the past. So we don't leave a past as well as we, you know, keep thinking about just future. So that's what our thinking is. Right. And that's right, because... Puja is a physical manifestation of prayer. It's very hard to pray and just pray for 30 minutes and not get distracted. But if you're doing something for 30 minutes, you have to 
concentrate. And if you get distracted, you're like, whenever you do something different, it brings you back, <coughs> excuse me, into the present. <coughs> so uh, that's very good. So let's talk about the characteristics of being in the present moment so that when you do realize you're living in the present moment, you recognize it. And that way you try to replicate it in your life. Uh, it's like, it's kind of like whistling. If you remember how you learned how to whistle, you just kind of put your lips together and you blew and nothing came out. And you just kept trying and trying and one day you got it. And you're like, oh, that's how you do it. And you try, you have that muscle memory of your lips, right? So the same thing. It's like when you try to live in the present moment, you, um, you might recognize it briefly. And then once you do, you've got to try to hang on to it and try to recreate that in your life. Uh, so the first thing is awareness. When you're fully aware of thoughts and feelings, as well as the physical sensations around you. Okay. You can, a lot of times we get trapped in our head and we are not aware of the things around us. But when we are living in the present moment, we're aware of everything on the inside and the outside. Next, we don't judge ourselves. That is, you don't label your thoughts and feelings as good or bad. That's how you can know you're living in the present moment. Because, excuse me, a lot of times we judge our thoughts and our feelings and we judge the thoughts and feelings of others, especially our children. Okay? So when we realize we're not judging them, we're just letting them be and letting them go. That's how we recognize we're living in the present moment. Uh, we, when we do mindful activities, we're living in the present moment. And the first mindfulness exercise everybody learns is what? Is breath awareness, right? Be aware of breathing in, breathing out. Be aware of each, each moment of the breath, when you stop, each moment of the exhalation, when you end, how long you go till the next one. Uh, that's something that we always have and we can always use to center ourselves to remind us to live in the present moment. <clears throat> when we realize we not thinking about the past or the future, like Biyush said, uh, that's when we can recognize we're living in the present moment. Because obviously we can't change anything about the past, so why worry about it? And the future hasn't happened yet, so why worry about that? And when we realize when we're in that flow state, we're not working on more than one things, one thing at once. You think you're a multitasker. You are not a multitasker. Okay. I don't care if you're a man or a woman or a adult or a child, you're not a multitasker. You think you are, but you're not. So when you realize you're focusing on one task at a time, that's when you're living in the present moment. So what are, we talked about how to recognize when you were doing it, but what's the big deal? Why is it so important? What are the benefits of living in the present moment? Why Why do you have a better quality of life when you live in the present moment? You Sometimes Mark, you give an example of even eating food and how you can relish it right? really when you are paying attention. Uh, and I guess, like you said, we don't multitask very well. So we try to do so many different things and none of that is intentional and the quality is not great. So. Right. That is, the reason we have a better quality of life when we live in the present moment is because our attention is better. 
the quality of our attention is better. And so whenever the quality of your attention is better, the quality of your life is better. Hey, come on in. Great to see you. Another benefit, uh, you can sit anywhere, just not in front of that door. Right. <laughs> just not in front of that door. There you go. Thanks. So living in the present moment allows us to emotionally regulate. That is, you can better manage your emotions when you live in the present moment. And you can acknowledge your feelings without reacting impulsively. Uh, I need an update on the brushing teeth situation. Did you, did you, over the last week, did you believe me when I said that all anger is directed at the self because the definition of anger is caused by the mismatch between expectations and reality? Or did you prove to yourself that I didn't know what I was talking about? <laughs> they want to do. They're doing it though. They're brushing. Okay, so a good outcome. Good outcome. And you let it go, and you experience a good outcome. Great. I'm not calling you out. I want to make your life better. Of course, it's the right place. You let it go, and then we got a good outcome, and you didn't get angry. Did it really happen? Or are you just making it up for a like, That's great. What if there was a bad outcome? They continue. Well, I would want to get to the bottom of it. <laughs> Should I still let it go if they want? Well, we'd, we'd have to talk about them. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not picking on you or calling you out. I'm interested in increasing the quality of your life. You know, I had an epiphany the other day. Is that if I had a doctor that cared about me, I would follow him when he moved across town, if I had to drive 45 minutes to go to his appointment, if I had to do different things. I don't think my doctor cares about me because he's trying to like rush me and he developed this concierge service where if you pay more, you get like 15 minutes with him instead of the five minutes. And I realized like if I had a doctor that cared about me, I would like follow him everywhere. And, and I care about you. I care about increasing the quality of your life. So if you have a problem, I'd rather spend that time discussing it uh, than whatever I have prepared. Uh, we had some somebody that had a problem last week. Oh, with, uh, so, yeah, she's in uh, seventh grade. Say the test, and I'm always like, he gets distracted as a kid, you know, like, oh. And I don't want him to fail him, so I keep telling him again and again, steady, steady, steady. And then me and my husband get into an argument so i let it go but the outcome was not good but you know i let it go he said let them fail because it doesn't count so he didn't fail but he didn't do good you know so and so did he feel bad about did he correlate the outcome with his lack of caring or not it, it could be not he told me because he knows that i care so <laughs> i think he said that to me that he cares but i don't know what is he going to do? Because I said, you're going to talk to your teacher about it? He said, I will, mama. That's it. You know, that's one line answer that comes. Do we have any help for Shito? <laughs> the question comes as, in the past, you may have done this. Was the result changed when you get angry or pushed kids into that direction? Did that truly make them higher scorer or anything? It was a little bit better when I was on top of it. You know, like just grinding. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. You know? 
that is it. But I felt like that I was neglecting other stuff yeah. and my other kid, you know? So, I don't, know, I don't know if I'm doing it right. <laughs> but I would say that right now still they are in seventh grade small, so should not just let it go. The approach should be changed where not anger involved and all, but, you know, the, like, kind follow-up and, you know, need a help and all this kind of question. So, I would say if, if we let go, then they will be like, okay, my parents are not going to say anything to me. Anger involved, but yes, follow-up. Getting angry, it's, I, I don't think you said just let it go and let them figure out their life. Well, the story is about the little boy in the stove, right? The mom's in the kitchen and the little boy wants to touch the stove and the mom is constantly a hundred times, don't touch the stove, don't touch the stove. So the answer is the mom or dad stands behind the little boy and is ready when he allows the boy to touch the stove but not injure himself too bad, realizes the stove is hot and then is ready to take care of him after. So we need to... We talked about life is a constant process of letting go, but we have a disagreeing opinion. And and also, uh, example to this, yes, that is a life-threatening stuff. So yes, a person realizes it. But here, they would not realize this until they will go to the high school and they will not go to college and they already lost a ton. So, so here, yes, they won't even realize that right now it's a, there is a, a fun time with the friends and TV and this and that. But, so they are not going to realize until they get, you know, uh, getting to the situation. Right. But what about if you set a records? Like, okay, if you do this, then this is what's going to happen, but I won't nag you. You do your own, but I, yeah, this is your limit. But it's only, it works for certain kids. I don't think it works for all sure. kids. Uh, like setting limits, or telling them not to do this, or if I want to take, you know, send it to you friends birthday party I don't think anything works until like you said they realize but I feel like as a mother not even as a father but as a mother I feel like it's it's hard for us to let them fail burn his hand it's it just because we know yeah. the outcome you, you wouldn't know? let the child exactly. the uh, I'm dealing with the same thing right the kids yeah. don't want to come to Pasala they don't understand why it's important uh yeah. they don't they're learning the sutras. They don't know the meaning. They, why are we learning it? I'm, I'm dealing with the same thing. Like, what's the point? Like, uh, Neil is online. He said he cares about me. So maybe I'll switch times. <laughs> Another benefit of living in the present moment is you experience gratitude. And once you experience gratitude, we all know the benefits of that. Uh, another benefit is acceptance. You accept things as they are. You're more likely to do that. The things out of your control. And you reduce stress. Any questions or comments about anything we talked about so far? Living in the presence, you know, I relate that to the analog hourglass theory. If you recall, you have amount of sand on the top and amount of sand in the back, on the bottom, right? So when you flip it, you do not know exactly how much time you have left. You do not know how much time exactly you have passed. What you have is that little piece that is going through. And that's what is living in the present. That's what we have. Everything else is past or coming that we do not know. Right. You just have one grain of sand at a time. Okay, so I have two book reports for you. Uh, there are two famous Western books about living in the present moment that I've read. Uh, one is The Power of Now by Mr. Eckhart Tolle. <laughs> and uh, the other one is The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. 
So in The Power of Now, uh, Eckhart Tolle argues that human suffering is caused by ego, which is our identification which, uh, with thoughts and emotions and external circumstances. That is, you are not your thoughts. And when you realize that, you will start escaping the slavery that is your life. Does anybody know what that means? You are not your thoughts. So actually, like, we are talking about living in presence. Then we are talking about that all the troubles is caused because of my ego and all those things. And I think in, that's why in the Jainism, we have a diksha. I mean, because here living in sansar and then thinking about all those things, it's like two different things, actually, I feel sometimes because... Each of us see each other as not only a human, but also what, uh, what, what we have, what we don't have, and all those things. So, living in presence, then uh, you know, this all those things is kind of hard to you know do it, isn't it? I mean, I, I right. feel like that. Yeah. So, why haven't you taken diction? I didn't even have uh, that kind of realization, or even I what. What I think a person understands after 40, yeah. it's too late. But you're past 40 and you understand. So why no, haven't I you taken it yet? <laughs> I have kids, I have a family, right. I have to right. take care of them. I you have, have responsibilities, right? I have responsibilities, yeah. and everything and yeah. What about when you don't? I don't know. I may think about it. Um, anybody else understand why you are not your thoughts? That is, what are you? If you're not your thoughts, then what are you? You're a soul. We went through that last week. You're a soul. Your thoughts are generated by your subconscious and delivered to your conscious brain, which is matter. And you are the soul, which has the characteristic of giving attention to thoughts. That is, you can shine a spotlight on your thoughts, or you can choose to let that thought go. You don't have to think it. Now, I know what you're saying. Well, if I had the thought... I have to think it. No, that's actually not true. You can decide to notice you have the thought and then let it go without thinking about it and thinking about where it leads to the next thought and thinking about where the, that thought leads to the next thought. You can cut that train right, right, nip it right in the bud and you can just let it go. And you can just, well, what are you supposed to think about when you let it go? Well, you look at the next thought that your subconscious has delivered to your conscious. And then you look at the next one and you keep letting it go. And by golly, if it isn't all stupid, okay, you can let 99% of those thoughts go and you'll be just fine. So that's the first thing that uh, Tole talks about. The second thing is the power of presence. That is true peace and happiness can be found by letting go of your attachment to the past and the future. So we've talked about that. Observing the mind, we just talked about that. The ego's resistance to the now, that he says, surrendering to what is can lead to a spiritual awakening. So what does that mean? How is living in the present moment surrendering to what is? Yeah, focused on that, whatever you are doing, the task or situation. Right. Is That is, if you surrender to what is your reality right now, you're not worried about... A, you're not having a meta-commentary about the reality that you're experiencing, 
which is decreasing the quality of your attention, which is degrading the quality of your life. What is meta-commentary about? That sounds like a big, complicated comp concept. What is meta-commentary about the reality you're experiencing? It is, why is this happening? Why is this going on? What can I do to change it? Is this good? Is this bad? What's going on? No, you're not saying that. You're just experiencing life. You're surrendering to what is. That is, you're not worried about the why of what is going on. You're more concerned about the experience that you're having. Now, is that a bad thing? If we're not worried about why things happen? If we're not worried about controlling our future? Yes. <clears throat> Well, I mean, I can, I can certainly make actions in the present that have an effect on the future. And that's what we were talking about earlier. Well, I feel this responsibility to work hard now so I can retire easy later. Or do this now so I can have that benefit later. And I'm suggesting you give it up. Now, why would I suggest you give it up? Why would I suggest you stop improving yourself so you can have a good time later? Right, so is enjoying the present hedonism? If Is it just hedonism and living in the present moment? Am I telling you to forget all your cares about the future and be a hedonist? I guess as a human, it's... Hard to let it go, right? So you have to choose. You're not a you human. Do. You're not a human. Uh, so, but I just can't do that. It, it's just not possible, right? If we take a baby step. Right. It's just hard to let it go, everything, right? So you try to do what you can. So you let go some thoughts. We try to let go the other. But the ones you have, you can still work on them slowly in the present one. Right. Because we're all starting out on the path. It's like when we tell our kids. Our kids say... How can good karma be bad for you? How can it, you know, trap your soul? Well, yeah, let's work on the bad karma first. And then once we got a handle on that, let's start with the good karma. Let's start eliminating the good karma. And it breaks their minds, right? Why would I try to eliminate the good karma? Well, that's what you have to do. I think but thinking of future also depends on what <laughs> depth you're going to. Thinking of future meaning, if I'm just thinking something is going to go wrong with my kids going to college, but not getting it. That's the results-oriented feature. Getting them study right now so that they can do it scores is different. Um, if you are preparing in your office for a presentation, you do think about what would be your audience, what kind of question you prepare for that. So you do need to think about up to the extent, anticipate certain things. But oh, it's going to be this bad, it's going to be this good. Maybe that result-oriented part may have to be curtailed. Right. Another thing that Tolle talks about is that when you live in the present moment, you increase the power and the strength of your relationships. That is, you have more deeper connections and more fulfilling interactions. You can achieve spiritual enlightenment. Now, this word has gotten a bad rap lately, enlightenment. People forgot that this is something that you can do and that this is something worth doing. Hey, come on in. Because now we live in an age where... Everybody's supposed to be like everybody else, right? And this victim mentality means you shouldn't say that you're better than somebody else and you shouldn't say that these people are not as good as you. Well, 
Some people are closer to enlightenment than others, and some people are further along the path than others. And I want all of us to be further along the path than we started. But this enlightenment thing is something that can happen to you. And all it means is that you realize that you are a soul and that you are not your thoughts, you're not your brain, you're not your mind, you're not your emotions. That's all I'm talking about when I say enlightenment. I'm not talking about moksh, which some people believe and don't believe. I'm not talking about other things like that. I'm just talking about you understanding that you are not your thoughts. And you might say that, and if you believe that, and if you act like that, then you're enlightened. And congratulations. It's something that is possible for you. Uh, and then he goes into practical exercise. So the next book report I have for you, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, uh, he talks about an inner witness or an observer, a part of your consciousness that can watch your thoughts, emotions, and experiences without judgment. So same thing we're talking about. Once again, you're not your thoughts. Uh, he talks about eliminating the identification with your thoughts. He talks about the voice inside your head. You have an inner dialogue inside your head, and it narrates your life. And it's like uh, your monkey mind that we talk about. It is controlling you, and you, ha you have the ability to ignore it. He talks about freedom through surrender again. That is, accepting what is. Uh, transcending fear. Living through the heart rather than the ego. You focus on compassion and the present moment, and you can lead a more authentic and fulfilling life. Is that untethered, uh, untethered uh, thoughts that you're talking about? So, yeah, The Untethered Soul by Soul. Michael Singer. Yeah, these are two famous Western books about living in the present moment. And the first one was called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. I recommend both books. Uh, there are things that I glossed over that I don't like about both books. For example, come on in. Hey, how you doing? Uh, for example, Tole talks about a pain body and you should eliminate pain bodies from your life. Uh, I don't agree with some of those things. You'll find yourself. I recommend you read them and make your own decision. Questions or comments about anything we talked about? So this uh, living in presence, it's like a, in an hour a day or two hours a day because otherwise it's not possible. I'm just... <laughs> It's possible to live in the present moment your whole life. And that's what we call enlightenment. Because we can all say we know that we are not our thoughts. But once you start living your entire life based on that, that's when you know you're enlightened. And so the answer to your question is yes. It is possible and it is our goal to live our entire life in the present moment. To live our entire life believing we're a soul. And once you do that, you're going to walk away. You're going to walk away from your family. You're going to walk away from your responsibilities. You're going to leave your phone right here. You're going to leave your wallet right here. You are going to walk out of that door and you'll just keep walking. And you won't. You'll leave all of this behind. Because it doesn't matter. This building doesn't matter. Right? Those murtis don't matter. And what you realize is your body doesn't matter either. Right? So that's why you don't care that you leave your shoes here. You'll leave your money here. You don't care because your body doesn't matter. So what? You get hungry. So what? It starts raining. You're not your body. So what? You collapse on the side of the road. So what, Oliver? Other questions or comments? Yeah. Would that uh, lead you to become irresponsible? No. 
because you'll be more responsible for your soul. And that's what matters. The other responsibilities are chains that are bringing you down. This class has only been about the truth. No matter your feelings, no matter your emotions, the only thing I promise you is I'm going to tell you the truth. And it's going to be uncomfortable because the truth hurts. We're never going to shy away from that. The thing is, we are always in interaction with the rest of the world. Sure. And that brings the responsibility on you that how you think, how you behave, how do you deal with other people. Now, if you start saying that, okay, I, it doesn't matter to me this or that because I'm sore. I have nothing to do with any, any of those worldly matters. In that case, you will become, your tendency will be to become irresponsible. Well, what do you think Diksha is? <laughs> that's exactly what Diksha is, and that's exactly what we should all aspire to. Hey, come on in. Hi, come on in. Sadhus have been saying that we have a responsibility that whatever we speak to you, we don't bring or don't deliver to you the wrong message. And if if we make some motion in the people that may lead to a wrong message, then it is sound duty that they point it out. Sadhu Maharaj told about this very nicely. Of course, whenever you have to talk with anybody, and or, you know, you cannot uh, keep on banging on things, you have to nicely say it, but what about this, what about that? Sure, absolutely. So, so we're talking about... is there, always, regardless whether you are dicta or no dicta. Well, we're talking about different points along the paths, and it's important yeah. to understand yeah. that the advice is different based on a different point that you're on the path. I'm talking about much further along the path than a sadhu and sadhvi is, right? We want to know what the end game is, but you're talking about a point that is a little bit closer on the path. So it's like the good karma and bad karma when we teach our children, right? We teach our children to get rid of all your bad karma because you're at one point on the path. Well, on the next point on the path, you're talking about getting rid of all your good karma. Well, a little bit further down the path, you're talking about spending a couple of hours thinking about your soul. But when you get the furthest along the path, and you're, you're not a sadhu, and you're not a sadhvi, you're only worried about your soul. So it's important to understand that seemingly contradictory advice uh, can be reconciled by your frame of reference. That is, what point you are along the spiritual path. Other questions or comments? What you said right now, that makes a lot of sense that what we are talking about is at what path we are at. Right. And not like, okay, right now I'm here and I need to start thinking about what you are saying. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, sure. Make, so I advise make, all of you to start small. Now, actually, yeah. I advise all of you to start small. But I want you to, the reason I told you that is because yeah. I want you to know where we're headed. Exactly. We have to see, we have to be able to see the end, right? So what does all that have to do with change? That is, how does living in the present moment, what does that have to do with Jainism? You tend to spend more time with yourself, like focusing on you are so and how to attain the enlightenment. So you are more focused on that. Not that I'm that, but I think that's what I'm understanding. Right. So when you live in the present moment and you're monitoring your thoughts, you realize that you're a soul in each moment, right? And that will help your help you on the spiritual path. Well, Jainism teaches us that our actions have consequences and that karma binds to our soul. So when you live in the present moment, you can reduce your accumulation of negative karma. That is, it helps you with ashram. Who remembers what ashram is? Inflow. Yeah, it's blocking the inflow of karma. So living in the present moment can supercharge your practice of ashram. Okay. Uh, one of the core principles of Jainism is aparigraha. Who, who remembers what that is? Non-attachment. So when you live in the present moment, you detach yourself from the past and you also detach yourself from the future. And that helps you practice aparigraha, which, of course, the whole reason to practice it is to pre prevent karma from binding to our soul. Okay. Um, living in the present moment encourages truthfulness, okay, or satya. That is, when you live in the present moment, you're honest. You don't judge your thoughts. You don't judge. You don't have that meta layer of commentary about the reality you're experiencing so you don't judge people you don't judge yourself you don't uh, judge other people and you're more likely to be honest more likely to tell the truth and of course we want to tell the truth because we don't want karma to bind to our soul uh living in the pro present moments helps with your ego uh we saw we heard our two authors talk about the uh how ego leads to suffering um that is, you realize your soul is different from your ego and your physical body, and you detach yourself from your ego and that chatter that occurs in your mind. Uh, living, your, um, living in the present moment helps with your contentment of santosh. Why is it important to have santosh? When you're grateful, it's just gratitude, okay? When you're grateful for what you have, you won't constantly try to acquire more. And of course, when you acquire more, you deal with your passions, anger, ego, deceit, greed. Uh, the reason it all comes back to karma is you get everything's connected, right? We like to think of things in boxes because that's how we learn of things in boxes, but everything's connected. So it'll all lead to each other. That is, living in the present moment, you'll start to see things as they are. You'll start to see reality as it is which is very hard. It's incredibly hard to see reality as it is because we're so used to attaching that meta commentary about reality. Uh, one of the hardest things to do is to look at money and realize it's a green piece of paper. Okay? Incredibly difficult. It's incredibly difficult to separate it from the value that it represents, the number that's written on it and what it can buy you. Uh, so 
living in the present moment. Here's a test, okay? If you, when you look at money and you see it for what it is, that's your barometer for how well you're living in the present moment. So if you want to test, there's your test. That's one of the hardest things to do. Questions or comments about how living in the moment helps you on your path, on your spiritual path in Jainism or anything else we talked about today? Um, just a comment on what you mentioned earlier, like how much should we live in present a day or hour or whatever, right? I guess that's why the Jainism has all this different way to help people at a different level, right? You do Pausha, one day you try to live like Sadhusa. Or you do Chovya, you don't, you try to not eat. Or you do Samai, you do So I did provide us those small, small milestones to achieve. Now it's up to us and our capacity, how much we want to absorb and do it. I guess it's for everyone based on your level. It's just how we do it. And I Right. So you can start small, right? You can start with an app that will help you with mindfulness techniques. You can start meditating for five minutes a day. I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to get an app on your phone that'll give you a reminder and that will tell you to live in the present moment. Uh, you know, that's why I love, I used to hate getting spam calls. That's why I love getting spam calls now because it's my reminder to live in the present <laughs> moment. So when I'm working and I like get a call, I'm like, oh, am I on task? Am I supposed to be what I'm doing? Great, go back to it, you know? If I'm at home and I get a spam call, I get, oh, am I, am I working on my goals? Am I being present in my relationships with my family? And then that helps me. So that's my reminder. But if you want, you can get an app and you can have it give you a reminder every, you know, hour or so to tell you to live in the present moment. Um, and it helps to start if you can do five minutes a day. But what will help more is if you recognize when you do it and you try to recapture that each moment in you. Other questions or comments? Talking, talking about the reality. Yeah. When we try to live in our present moment, we understand that we, we recognize the reality. But wouldn't that reality will be different from? Sure, because part of it is uh, looking at your own thoughts and monitoring your own feelings, right? So that's going to be different from person to person. So how do we arrive at the absolute reality? There is none, right? It's uh, anikantva, right? We're all each looking at a facet of reality. So we'll never arrive there. So don't have it be your goal. And we don't have to worry about it. Right, exactly. The only thing you have to worry about is your soul. Your soul. And if you think that this is reality, just go with it. Accept that it is reality. Sure. Don't have to worry about whether that reality is recognized by other people or not. Right, exactly. And that will provide you an incredible sense of peace, right? Incredible. When you stop worried about if other people are perceiving the same thing that you are, you'll free up so many of your brain cycles to worry about other things. You stop worrying about what other people think. Like Mahavir Bhagavan, after so many bhav, he realized and he left everything, even the kingdom and all. Right. So, but he took so many bhav, and every bhav says some story about what happened and 
he went to even Devlok and then came back again. Right. Not living in the present moment is extremely common because your life is filled with distraction and distractions have a negative consequence on your life. Uh, and I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, Thimmer, I'm not distracted. I don't lead a distracted life. And you're absolutely wrong. It's like when you tell me, uh, it's like if I tell you life is suffering and you say, I'm not suffering. You don't know you're not, you don't know you're suffering. Okay. And I'm trying to convince you that you're suffering. Well, you don't know you're distracted and I'm trying to convince you you're distracted. The distraction leads to reduced, uh, reduced productivity. They interrupt your workflow. Um, they lead to stress and anxiety. If you live a distracted life, uh, when you try to juggle multiple things at once, you don't handle any of them well. Um, they lead to errors and lower the quality of your work. Uh, they are a form of procrastination. We, a lot of times we use distractions as procrastination. Have you ever wanted to type an email and you opened your email and you looked at the inbox and you got distracted from that email you wanted to type because you saw something that you had to, another thing you had to yes. do. Okay. They lead to missed opportunities. Distractions lead to impaired decision making. It can hinder your ability to make informed decisions. Let's say you don't even care about this Jainism stuff. Let's say you're one of the people that didn't raise your hand when you, when I asked you if you believed your soul. Well, let's just talk about regular life, okay? How increasing the quality of your in attention and decreasing your distractions just can improve your regular life, okay? Um, constant distractions uh, when you're conversing with somebody will lead to a degradation in your relationships because you're not paying attention to people when you're talking to them. You're not being present for your family and you're not being present for your friends. Uh, it can lead to wasted time. Um, impede your ability to think creatively and solve complex problems. Um, in as far as work and can lead to missed deadlines, reduced work quality. You know, I have that deal that that's what I'm dealing with, right? If I don't get enough done at work, whether it was other people taking control of my time or, you know, I wasn't managing my time well, I realize at home it bothers me and I take it with me home. And until I get that work done that I was supposed to do that day, then I'm just worried about it. And I don't feel good and my family can tell, right? And so that's what I'm dealing with at work. And so if I can uh, focus and lead, have less distractions at work, then that will snowball into my life at home. Uh, if you're driving or, how many of you have had this experience? You get home, and you don't realize how you got home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, where? Did, I don't even remember driving home. Yeah. <laughs> Our subconscious mind is driving many times. Right. Exactly. And that is the opposite of what we do. So a distraction can lead to an overall decline in your well-being and your life. So, as the author Mayo Mikrothum mentioned. The present thing is the only thing where there is no time. It is the point between past and future, like the hourglass example. It is always there and is the only point we can access in time. Everything that happens, happens in the present moment. Everything that ever happened and will ever happen can only happen in the present moment. It is impossible for anything to exist outside of it. So the that means the present moment is all we have. It's all you'll ever have. And when you fritter away the present moment, 
you're frittering away everything. When you open your phone to fool around, you're frittering away everything because the present moment is the only thing you have. Present moment is something similar to a driver in a Formula One race car driving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How so? Because they have been always taught that pay attention to what you see and drive. If they are distracted for any reason whatsoever, they are going to end up in an accident. Sure. Right. Yeah. And they are not going to make their target. They are not going to be in the play in the lane they need to be. Right. So it's pretty much similar to a little bit like a race car drive, Formula One race car drive. Right. So they're living in the present moment. They are living in the present right. moment. So we should always remember that we, when we are living our life, that's how focused we should be. That's how intent we should be. That's where we need to get to. Okay. So how, let's say we don't care about Jainism and we just want to live in the present moment to help our life. How do we do it? That is, how do we take it out of these four walls and go have it be into our life, okay? First, you set goals, okay? You set your clear goals and priorities because unless you know what you're working towards, other people are going to use your present moment, okay? Uh, you define your long and short-term goals. You prioritize your tasks according to them. Second, you schedule your time according to your goals, right? You plan your time day by day uh, and uh, do different activities. Third, you limit your screen time, right? We need to do what we need to practice what we preach telling our kids. Uh, fourth, you need to organize your space, now, organize the area around you, your working area, your living area. That way you're not distracted by things that need to be doing. Uh, Fifth, you need to take time to practice meditation and mindfulness. Uh, if you need permission to take time to work on your personal goal, I'm giving you permission. That is, I'm giving you an hour a day to work on yourself. Okay. And guess what? And I know when you get home, you have a lot of responsibilities. Your family wants your time. These things need to be doing, but you can spend an hour a day working on yourself, whether it's exercise, whether it's meditation, whether it's reading the book, whether it's puja, whether it's prayer, that you can spend an hour a day on yourself. And guess what? When you start doing it consistently, your family will adapt around you. They say, oh, dad's upstairs. Uh, I know what he's doing. I know when he's going to be out. That means I'm going to do this. And I'm going to ask him that question when he's out, you know? Oh, mom's on the treadmill. I know not to bother her. When she gets off, I know I can do that thing. And your spouse will adapt to your taking your time yourself. And even better, your family will take that time for themselves to work on their personal goals. Uh, I forget what number we, want. we were on. I think it's six. Uh, focus on one task at a time. That is, don't multitask, even though you think you're a multitasker. It's wrong. You're not a multitasker. Uh, seven, uh, look up productivity techniques if you need to. There are many out there. Uh, eight, figure out your damn phone. Okay, figure out how to set do not disturb at night. Figure out how to manage notifications. You know, turn off the notifications for Facebook. It's deep in there, okay? I know, they don't want you to find it, okay? And you gotta do it manually for each time, and guess what? When it updates, it'll update back to the default settings, and you gotta do it again, and it's a pain, okay? You can't figure it out and do it. You gotta do it like once every quarter. You gotta figure out your phone, and just control your phone so your phone doesn't control you, okay? Uh, number nine, communicate with other people. Number 10, group similar tasks together so you do them all at once. 
Uh, number 11, just the same thing. Reduce the time you spend on social media. Okay. Um, number 12, take short breaks throughout the day. Take mindfulness breaks. And if you don't take mindfulness breaks, have something that reminds you to take mindfulness breaks. And this is a big one. Practice self-compassion. We're going to screw up. Okay. It's easy to say that I'm going to get out here. I'm going to change my life. You're not going to change your life. You'll be lucky if you open the book this week, okay? <laughs> Who opened the book last week between last Sunday and this Sunday? Nobody opened the book, okay? You're supposed to be looking at the book, okay? And if you don't know you're supposed to be looking at the book, you're supposed to be looking at the book. Just start with something small. Figure out something small to do, to uh, small takeaway from this class that you're going to do. And think about it on the way home in the car. Don't think about lunch, okay? So Think about it on the way home and figure out one thing you're going to do. So when I go for a walk or I uh, driving and all, I listen the audio book. So, you know, if you don't have time to go on the book and listen to the audio book too. There's an audio book for the Jainism book we have? Uh, there are a lot of books too. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Can you, are you, you part of the WhatsApp? Yeah, yeah I've seen you. Uh, can you send us a link okay. in the group? Because I need that then too. I need to yeah. know where these Jainism audio books are. Okay. I don't know where they are. Yeah. Using the book and I don't know which. Sure. Our book is Jane Philosophy and Practice Two, JES four hundred one. Do you need a book? Would you like me to get you a book? Yeah. Okay. How many? Raise your hand if you need a book. One, two, three, four, five. Six. I have the one. Okay. So about seven books? Okay. 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 Eight books. Okay. So are you on the WhatsApp group? No? Okay. So I need to add you to the WhatsApp group. Can you write down your number for me? No. Add you to the group. And then I'll send a, I sent a soft copy out to the group. You can also find the book at jainismforeveryone.com. Okay. So if you go to jainismforeveryone.com, Okay, but I need your number anyway, just because we're going to move classes here in a second. So um, if you look under the documents, uh, and, and give me the correct spelling of your name, too. Okay. Uh, if you look under the documents tab, our book is right there. It says textbook. Okay. And so you can access the textbook from there. Uh, find it on your phone and show other people. Uh, yeah, pick up your phone right now. Uh, go to jainismforeveryone.com and then look and see if you can see the documents tab. And there's a couple documents in there. And I think the one, the furthest one is our book. <laughs> Jainismforeveryone.com. And yeah. so whenever you need some materials, those that'll be also under the documents. And then, but I'll get the, some people like the physical book. I'll get the physical books. Um, Jintan asked me how many books to get. Uh, also, if since we're talking about admin yeah. stuff, make sure you're signed up for the class. The class still says dad's class. This is not dad's class anymore. Okay. But just sign up for dad's class. Okay. Um, they haven't updated it on the website. It costs 25 bucks and just make sure you're a member. And that way they can know that we're getting more popular. So can I sign up? Because it's a dad's class, yeah. I didn't sign up. No problem. That's fine. No problem. Uh, don't worry about that. Um, we'll take care of that. Um, so. We have a little bit of a space issue here. So as of next week, we're going to go to trailer E. Okay. So now it's a little bit hard because E is the first, like you go out this way and it's the one on the furthest right that's facing you. It's not in this line of trailers, not in the old trailers. It's like A, B, C, D. And then it's old trailer one and old trailer two. 
which are both marked E, but not the not that. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna go into E, which is here. Okay, so it's the first one facing towards you. I'll send out a map to the WhatsApp group after I add you. Did I get it back? Did I get your number back? Oh, okay. Oh, thank you. So we're gonna be in E, all right, because that way we'll have more space. It's much bigger than this, and it's cleaner. Okay, but the only thing is you'll have to walk over to E. And so I'll put a sign here to remind you, and I'll show you where E is. Um, questions or comments about that? Uh, anybody, questions online? We have three people online. Ah, Neil says, it's hard for us to press pause as he emphasizes in the book. Any thoughts on how to do so? We are constantly moving forward in our lives, so it's hard to hit pause. How do you press pause on your life? Meditation. Conscious effort. Mindfulness and meditation, great conscious effort. You have somebody who's reminding you all the time to live in the present moment. Oh. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I don't think you can hit really pause on okay. your life on your own. Maybe. Um, you have to let go of things that are happening outside of your like being. You have to let it go. Okay. Because that will still but continue. You disagree with Neil's whole premise, right? You can't hit pause on your life. Well, what did he say? It's hard for us to press pause. Okay, so he didn't say, oh yeah, constantly moving forward in our life, right? Okay, so I think it's about living in the present moment and pausing in the present, pausing to live in the present moment. That is pausing our, I think what Neil's saying is pausing our meta commentary on the nature of reality to live in the present moment. Um, and that is possible. It's something that people do. Uh, it's something that people more experienced meditators than I do. That is, there is this concept, which is true about experiencing without thinking. People say, oh, I can't think. Uh, how do you not think? It's true that the subconscious delivers thoughts to your conscious brain all the time, but it's not true that you have to pay attention to it. So when people say not thinking, they mean just letting 100% of their thoughts go and living. Neil asked if the Wi-Fi is okay in the trailer. Yes, it is. I went there this morning and I checked it out and I started our Google Meet. Uh, the Wi-Fi is okay in the trailer. And so that's one of the reasons I agreed to move over to the trailer. Questions or comments about anything we talked about today? I have three people to add to the WhatsApp group. Uh, anybody else? Thank you for giving me the correct name, uh, spelling of your name. I'm going to save that. Any questions or comments about anything we talked about today? Thank you so much for coming. I know it's easy to come to the first class. It's hard to come to the second class. It's not something I take for granted at all. I have a very brief opportunity of time to change your life. We just have an hour a week, and I'm trying to change your life, which takes a lot more than that. So the only thing I can do is try to inspire you to change your own life based on the limited time that I have with you that I do not take for granted at all. Thank you so much for your time this week. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.